Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rugby Pick'em. We have our first time capsule pod today. I sat down with Adam Drury the night before he moved from Fort Collins, Colorado to Blacksburg, Virginia to pursue a career as a veterinarian. It was a great summer night, June 2018. The birds were chirping. Adam talked about his amazing rugby career, the experiences that came with it. It can be summed up in one of his final lines. Rugby is a friendship and family like no other. Enjoy. Welcome back, Rugby Pick'em listeners. I'm sitting down here with Adam Drury before he heads off to his next chapter in life in Virginia as a veterinarian. For those that don't know, he has a long career in rugby. He sat down. He is currently sitting down to tell us about it. Adam, thank you for letting me invade your house at this late time. No problem. Thanks for coming up. Good to see you, Brennan. You're currently retired rugby-wise, right? Correct. You're a fan now. I am. Yeah. Don't have a lot of time for fanery these days, but uh, yeah, I am. That's good. I, I think people always think that if they're not playing or coaching or doing admin, that they're not involved in rugby, but going and paying a $20 ticket, supporting it economically, mm-hmm. you can always be a fan. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. But you started back in South Carolina. Correct. Moved away from your home in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Furman Paladins. The Paladins. Um, so I went to Furman, and I'd always played soccer growing up. And I was hoping to get a, a look at the soccer team, and, and the coach basically told me to take a hike. Um, and not too long after that, I saw a, a flyer up, a couple of Argentinian guys, and they were sort of pushing to start a rugby team. And there was a, a faculty there, um, an admin guy, John Roberts, that was passionate about rugby, and he used to play. And so he was all aboard it, and... Uh, all about coaching and, and pushing for the, the club to get started. And after my first practice, I was just immediately hooked. Well, it was a blessing in disguise. You didn't play soccer. Yeah, yeah. for so many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Argentinians, huh? Yeah, they're they're good people. I, I enjoy them a lot. I was lucky enough to tour there in high school. and We won one or two games because we were bigger, but they could pass 1 through 15. Yeah. Like we could. We had, you know football linemen coming up yeah. you could only maul and tackle but yeah. they have insane hands yeah they're kind of across the board i feel like that's the big difference in u.s rugby versus uh, other rugby countries is that just the general skill level tends to be a little bit stronger for everybody and it's better when you get to the higher levels but um yeah so you pop your cherry in college mm-hmm. but you then make what we consider the hardest jump in rugby college to a men's club Start playing with the Greenville Griffins. Yeah, and they kind of overlapped. I played for Furman and for the Griffins at the kind of throughout college, um, and it was it was fantastic. It was nice to have that um, that other side of it, not just the, the college side, but the, the men's club side as well, and gives you a little bit different view into things instead of just the young college kids who don't know what the hell they're doing. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and of course, you get guys that put you on scholarship once in a while too, which is yeah. always nice. Yeah. I mean, like, I think younger people just like hanging out with older people because you know, there's a cool factor. So mm-hmm. if you're a 21, 22-year-old guy and all of a sudden you have access to this men's club, you're like, okay. Yeah. Start to feel yourself a little bit. You definitely get put back in your place. Oh, yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. It's a quick education out at the bars and on the field. Yeah. No, it was, it was fantastic. Um, 
and that team of Furman has grown quite a bit. John Roberts has continued to to push that, and they've won championships now, and they have a really nice stadium and a lot of support from the school. So he has built that up, uh, and that's been his his brainchild. Any big names in the Griffins? Big names. Yeah. Any Eagles come out of? I think there's a Polish guy with a really long name. Yeah. Uh, But no, not as far as I know, no no well-known rugby players. What did you take from there? Kind of as your as your first stop, would you? When you moved on, what did you walk away with? Uh, a definite passion for the game. I, I knew I, that's was sort of driving my my future, at least in the short term. Um, I initially was going to be a wildlife photographer, and I spent a couple summers working with wildlife photographers uh, during undergrad. And at the end of it, they offered me a job. And at that point, I'd found rugby, and so I kind of decided that. Uh, if I was going to try something that was going to ruin my body, younger age would be a better time to do it and to consider photography in the future. So after that, you take a, a bold leap and you head across the ocean and yeah. across the equator. Where Indeed. do you go? Where We're do you go to craft your game? <laughs> it's it's a, a never-ending craft, if you will. But uh, I went to New Zealand. There was a guy on the, the Greenville Griffins, great dude, Mark Mackey. He was a Kiwi, and he was over working and, and had found that club to play with. And he was going back to New Zealand to move back. And just before he left the bar one night, he said, hey, you ought to come and play a season. I'll, I'll have another go. It's like, don't tempt me, because I'll do it. And uh, sure enough, I showed up on his door. So I uh, went and, and lived with him for a while and met some fantastic people and uh, got introduced to real rugby. And that was just incredible. I, you know, I have specific memories from that first season. I was playing with the uh, the senior ones, so one level down from the prems. And you know, I remember games where you get rucked all the hell on your back back when you could do that, yeah. and, the, and you're holding the ball in the right place. And there's a certain feeling of like, yeah, I'm doing it right. <laughs> and then you know, learn not to get in the way of the the nine passing to the ten. Remember that happened once, and I sort of ducked as he was throwing it, and the ball grazed my cheek. Yeah, and I was like, like never, never my, again, never, <laughs> never, never again. block my back to a ball again, or I'll fucking skin you. But yeah, <laughs> and so you just you you learn those lessons, and it's uh, so much more fast paced, um, just higher skill level. Uh, everyone grows up with rugby there, and so they're at such a higher level already. And then, of course, you got the the, the bigger boys down there, the Islanders that are. They'll tear you in half, and if you're not careful, they have just incredible strength yeah. and, and skills on top of it. Well, I feel like what you mentioned, that's how so many rugby connections start. Somebody will incept you with an idea, like, oh, you know, you should really come out. Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, well, what's stopping me? Yeah. Get on a plane, man. Just do it. Yeah. Any young players out there <laughs> thinking about it, just go. Yeah. Figure it out later. Well, it's absolutely shaped my, my life, no question. Um, and that's, that's one of the things I should say I really took away from – um, my undergrad and, and Greenville Griffin um, years just learning about rugby is that it's such a great family I and mean, it's such a good community where you, you just meet great people and um, fun-loving people that'll, that'll help you and they like to um, hang out and have a pint and they're very just honest, down-to-earth people yeah. most of the time. Well, it helps when you're 6'4", 240, perfect lock size. Well, still, still a babe in the woods, you know? <laughs> still, any rugby community is going to take in the guy with your frame but even if i wasn't that's one of the things i love about rugby as well any size person there's a spot for you you know and even if you suck if you're a decent dude they'll still help you out yeah i'm body shaming you by giving you compliments yeah no that's okay i'm I'm not sure how to feel about that i'll cut it confused (laughs)
<laughs> That's fun. So you're down there in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. You got any chances to sneak away for some good test matches? Um, got to see the All Blacks. Watched the Blues play a lot in Auckland, and then I got to see the All Blacks play Italy, and I believe it was Hamilton. Um, and the 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 players there, they go out to the bars afterwards. It's not a um, bouncers and VIP section sort of thing. They're just out mixing it up and. You can see the Italian locks. They're like 6'9 or something ridiculous. And so you can see them from a mile away. One of the guys on our team that had gone down with us, um, Christian Cullen, scored, I think, three tries that day or something. And uh, Bevan went in and, and uh, was taking a piss, and Christian Cullen was next to him in the pisser. It's like, oh, Christian, good game today. Yeah. It's like, oh, I had a few runs, eh? <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> they just there, crushed they're regular it, yeah. people. They're just yeah. Like, no, no paparazzi, no nothing. Yeah, a lot less ego, yeah. I think, in, in the That's rugby the world overall. Yeah. yeah. So you come back home. Yep, came back. Uh, did one more season with the Griffins. Um, it, it was fun to, after that experience, come back and, and play with them again. Uh, great guys. Uh, and it was nice to kind of do a, a, a little final season with them before moving on. And it was, it was very enjoyable, and uh, it was good to see those guys. It's a really good club. So what guided your next step? Did you follow a job? Did you follow a girl? Did you follow your rugby heart? Followed rugby. Uh, I knew I'd wanted to move on to a, a higher level, Super League. And at that time, there were Super League clubs on the West Coast, of course, but I didn't want to go quite that far. Uh, and so Colorado was sort of the middle ground. And there was a club in Aspen and a club in Denver, and I emailed them both. And the response I got from uh, Dougie Rowe in Denver was, uh, you know, like two pages long and super friendly and welcoming. He's like, come on out, and we'll find a place for you to stay, and we'll figure out some work at least to start. And and so I I remember my exact email when I kind of fished my senior year of college. Yeah. Lance French got back to me. There you go. Yeah. It's like, um, sorry, I never checked this email. But, you, know, <laughs> you should totally come out. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, yeah, loaded up the pickup truck and didn't know a soul out here and hit the road. Yeah. So that was the whole reason for coming out to Colorado. And I've been here with a few breaks in between um, ever since. And it's been a, an amazing place. So you land in 03. Are you shocked by the level? Um, it was definitely different. Definitely different. Still... Um, not quite the same as, as New Zealand, but but good. Um, who are the studs of the team? Or should I say, who are the assholes? It's all right. <laughs> I know who they are. Um, who are the loudmouths? I'm trying to think of the loudmouths. Um, I don't think we had too many. It was a great group when it first came out. There's a good mix of kind of older guys that were in their last couple of seasons and some new guys and then some um, you know middle of the road as far as uh, career guys. Um, and so it was a great, great mix, and we'd have uh, drink ups Thursdays after after practice, and a really good social group. And as he has a really nice, welcoming family to Colorado. I'm trying to think, of some of the, the the superstars. Kevin Witcher was there. Um, he's a hell of a player and played for the U.S. Sevens quite a bit. Um, it seems like the Barbos did get a lot of eagle nods in that early to mid two thousands. Yeah, I, I think they did. Um, like, is that one Link Withley was getting selected? Link was, uh, I don't think he was quite there yet. He did come out, and uh, and I played a number of seasons with him. Um, tremendous player, obviously. Um, and it's been a, been a long time in uh, in Denver, so there's a lot of people who have come and go that are great, but you know, Mike Mangan was there. Well, you set me up for yeah. our game, top three. 
like you said, you had a long stay playing with the Barbarians. Probably yeah. 2003 to the season we played together in the PRP. Yeah. We played one or two, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about a 15-year range. This mm-hmm. is going very, very difficult for you, but you pick three guys in their prime, injury-free, to win you one game of 15s rugby. Anybody who you played with on the Denver Barbarians in all these years. Yeah, it's a lot of guys. And there's only three spots. Yeah. That, so be sure to come with the why. That's a very difficult uh, question and a little unfair because I think there's quite a few more than three that could fit that category. That's the point of the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's hard, and I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Solid work. <laughs> uh, we have to get one as well, and that'll give me a sec oh, to, all right, to think. Man, so many good dudes. Um, so many incredible players. I think... The great part is you can't satisfy everybody, so at no, some you point can't. you're going to have to just you do it. <laughs> Um, not that anybody gives a shit what I, I say, but uh, <laughs> man, maybe we should, maybe we should go inside. Feel yeah. the bugs are sure that. Yeah, go lay down. Hard part about picking three is every hard part about picking three is someone's going to be disappointed. Yeah, but uh, nobody gives a shit what I say. So, there you go. So who cares? Um, against my better judgment, I'll probably I think I'm going to go two backs and one forward. Um. I think forward-wise, I'd have to go Mike Mangan. Tell us about Mike. Just six, a great dude. Six five. He's a monster. Two fifty, two sixty when he's full weight. Yeah, but he's a just a sweetheart of a guy. You know, <laughs> I love hanging out with him. I could listen to him laugh all day, and he laughs at all of his own jokes. And so I, I love listening to tell to him tell jokes. Any story he's got, I'll listen all day long. It's it's tremendous. Um, but yeah, just an incredible player. He's got hands like a bunch of bananas. Um, <laughs> and even just in the middle of games, his, uh, comedic sense, I should say, is, uh, the lighter side. Of oh, it. it's just hilarious. He was my first coach. Yeah. When I arrived town. Him yeah. and Jason were splitting forwards and backs, but Mike yeah. had his, had his name on it. Yeah. But he was always one of those guys that just kind of knew what to do. It's like, you know, there was never a question. He could tell people what to do or knew what to do himself. And when you put the ball in his hand for such a big dude, I could never catch him, ever. And, you know, if we just, even even now, I feel like I'd have a decent shot at him in a race, even though I've been super lazy. And I've pecked on it in a beer or two. But, yeah, even now, if you put a ball in his hand, I don't think there's any way I can catch him. It's where he's 6'5", 250, but in touch, he'll be like a distributor. Yeah. Just playing with finesse. Yeah. It's like what how? He's all over the place. And uh yeah, you just can't stop him. And just and such a good overall dude. Two thousand seven World Cup squad member. He's cool. on the field when uh Zinguanya burned Havana. He was co captain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shame, he, shame he couldn't get his hands on the ball that play. Yeah, that's okay. He did hustle. He was the first guy to hug me. He win. did, and he told me that afterwards. He's like, I made sure I got down there because I knew the cameras were going to be on him. <laughs> all right, uh, so you got the tower in at second row with yeah. all your lineups. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Mangan. Yeah. Where are you going with next? Um, next, I'd have to go Joni Nikita. Uh, Fijian, number 10. Not a huge guy, but really quick and incredibly clever. And the way he could 
put people away. Um, and, just, and the stuff that he could just do in a game was just insane. Just insane. Yeah. Yeah. The Nikika Cup is Golden Gate against Denver Barbarians. That's right, because he like, headed it out It hasn't to... happened in a while. It hasn't happened in a while. I'm sure Golden Gate has the cup, because they oh, really yeah. started to give yeah. it to us at the end of the PRP. <laughs> but we got a couple. We got a one, I think one win year one of the PRP at home. We nipped them. Yeah. 15-11 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he uh, also another great guy. But yeah, his his vision. I mean, he put me away for more tries than I uh, deserved. That's for sure. Deserved or ever wanted. <laughs> you always want more, but <laughs> deserved probably uh, didn't deserve all those. But yeah, he's a, a just a, a really sharp guy on the field, and wherever that ball needs to go, he puts it there. Was he a cap sevens player as well? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ninety nine percent sure, but yeah, pretty sure he was. Um, but yeah, hell of a player. And while we've been talking, I was thinking that my third choice was going to be Taylor Houghton. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Tails Houghton. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Tay. But while we've been talking, thinking about Jason Kelly in his prime when he was injury free, and he got injured. I, I can. We were playing his Golden Gate. Actually, we were playing them. Uh, he did a switch move with Matt Knuckles and. When they went to to switch, he'd already passed the ball away, and so they he was just kind of they were Drifting. crossing each other. Yeah. No ball. It was seconds after the ball was gone, and some dickhead from the other team smashed into him and popped him back into Knuckles into Matt. Is hard head. Yeah, and so those two heads collided, and I he had a concussion from that, and I don't think he ever fully recovered. It was a pretty good smack, and I think he he had issues with headaches and things after that. And I think that that affected him, but. Yeah, in his his prime, injury free, there was nothing he couldn't do with the ball. I saw him in a game once to run, take the ball, evade a tackler, run down the sideline, do a, a chip and catch to himself to go around a guy, do a second chip and catch around another guy to catch that again, no bounce, just straight into his hands. Two what? times multiplier. Yeah, it's like a video game. Yeah, Every I time know. You chip and chase. Buddy, buddy. <laughs> that was definitely. Uh, he was on fire, as they yeah. say in NBA Jam. I know. I can't find any any game tape because you know YouTube seems to be a new thing post two thousand ten. But yeah, uh, and you know everything I've heard of JK's tape is it's filthy. Kicking was stellar. Uh, defense solid, and another just great leader uh, on the team, and uh, and has put years in coaching and bringing that leadership. Yeah, on the coaching side, absolutely. There's your top three. Yeah. It. Right there, Mike Mangan, on a Nikita. Am I saying the last name right? Nikita, Nikita. I believe. Mike Mangan, on a Nikita, and Jason Kelly. Yeah. Honorable mention Taylor Hodden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go into some stories. You were friends with the Moreno brothers. Oh god. How many times did you see them fighting at the bars, on the field, just at a barbecue? With each other, or just in general? <laughs> well, if we did in general. We wouldn't have enough time tonight, but no, no, we fighting wouldn't. each other. Two two loving brothers who managed to get into fistfights. <laughs> um, yeah, we used to say it wasn't a good night out unless one of the Marinos choked the other one out. Uh, it never choked him out, but yeah, they uh, they they tend to get a little fiery when they're around each other. <laughs> they're a handful, but a lot of fun. Good guys. Describe your transition. From 2003 to the years we finally played together, what what every rugby player goes through it. 
you get slower you you start to convince yourself that you're on your back end how do rugby players deal with that and is there ever a right time to hang it up or is it just feel that was a good question excellent question sir thank you well put um and that's a very difficult one i, I think for me it was tough because i i was like i feel like probably a lot of rugby players you're never quite ready to to give it up and it's very hard to it to admit that like yeah maybe you're not quite what you what you used to could um you know i had my acl i did that in 2005 seven in a game i hate but love bringing up yeah quarterfinal loss to life at <laughs> home yeah aj mcginty put the dagger in our hearts Ugh. after we had a 15 point lead in, in the third quarter yeah Drury, for the record, Mr. Adam Drury right here, scores the first game opening try and tears his ACL in that motion. No, that was a different knee injury. I'm Ooh. talking about before. Ooh. I'd already come back from injury. Uh-huh. So ACL, that was years ago. And uh, What was your injury in that game? That game was meniscus. <sighs> yeah. Wow, you scored the try. I did score the try, which felt great. And it, was, uh, it was a downer to see that game uh, slip away from us. We tanked. Honestly, I don't know. We tanked. It was I think a good life, game. Life stole it, but we definitely got up and we said we have this. Yeah. And then we're like, oh shit, we don't. <laughs> That's always been the Barbos problem. Finishing is always a tough thing for us. Yeah. But yeah, that, no, that was a great game, um, and I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed watching. I was so proud of all the all the guys that they played a hell of a game, played their hearts out, and then just one or two little things didn't quite go our way, and that those tiny details made the difference. And it's cool and on some levels to know that it was just. It's not like you got crushed. It was just. A couple of things that maybe could have been a little bit better, and uh, and that would have done it. We would have been in the finals. Close, yeah. Um, but yeah, so after the first ACL surgery, um, came back from that, and really took a, a couple of years to get your confidence back and and feel like you want to go. And and really, it was a long time before I uh, wanted to think about moving on. But yeah, there was definitely a point where I just kind of thought one day, like you know, rugby's never quite gonna pay the bills you know and so i gotta think about the future and i, I don't i don't want to be waiting for that perfect career to fall into my lap and and then in 10 years be thinking the same thing and definitely not being what i used to be on on the pitch and and being sort of starting fresh career-wise so um actually i got into veterinary medicine because of rugby there you go um kevin fitzgerald played for the barbos a uh, well-known vet in, down in Denver, and uh, he was my connection to start volunteering and, and hanging out and shadowing him, and he wrote a letter for me, and I think he was a big part of me getting into vet school. He's a vet veteran. Yeah, yeah, vet squared. <laughs> <laughs> so what does your rugby future entail? Remember our conversation we had. You don't mm-hmm. always have to be a player. Yeah. You know what I just pulled up on my screen right here? What would you pull up? Virginia Tech's men rugby coaching staff. We got a head coach, Paul Carone, aka the Blue Waffle. <laughs> I swear to God, I was all right. A tangent. I was playing in the first ever, I think it was first or second ever ACC sevens. Mm-hmm. Our college coach Pat Kane, you know, organized this thing to have the ACC teams come together, and Virginia Tech always brought it. For the record, this is where my friend Adam Jury is moving to. He's gonna pick up and restart his veterinarian process in Blacksburg, Virginia. Residency. Residency. 
Anyhow, we play this kid, Paul Carone, and we have two guys on the mic because we're putting on the event. And yeah. they come up to us and like, hey, you know, here's a whole bunch of nicknames you got to use. So they tell us to say, Paul Blue Waffle Carone. <laughs> and I looked it up here. He's now the head coach of Virginia Tech Rugby. Oh, Coach so, Waffle. Coach Waffle. If you need a guy out there who's got experience, my man Adam Drury is going to be in Blacksburg. Yeah, um, probably not a lot of time, frankly, yeah. for uh, for coaching. But hopefully, I can go out and uh, and support at least once in a while. Um, but yeah, rugby future—that's that's a tough one because the next three years is going to be very, very busy with work, with the residency, with um, second kid on the way. Um, it's it's going to be tough. All right, I'll compromise with you. Just stream the games online. Okay, yeah. I think we can do that. I think that's what any yeah. good, yeah, any good lazy fan can, uh, yeah, just hit up, hit up a stream game here. Yeah, but I, yeah, the Barbos games, I, I will certainly try to keep watching those um, when I can because I'm going to miss all the boys and miss the club. It's a great club, Mr. Jury. Before we depart, do you have any last parting thank yous or shout outs you'd like to give anybody you didn't mention who's contributed to your rugby career? Well, there's there's a million of them, you know. There's so many people that have given me so much more than I than I could give to them, and I, hopefully one day I can kind of pay some people back, but um, or at least pay it forward. But yeah, there is you know from the from John Roberts getting me started at Furman to the the Griffins in Greenville to sort of encouraging me to go on to the the next level and um, everybody from there on out, you know. And I I, I can't thank everybody enough that's been a, a part of my my rugby life and uh, I, I hope that anyone out there that's considering rugby at the moment will give it a shot because it's uh, a friendship and, and family like no other there you go before we wrap let's write your rugby pick em haiku right here and now we're going to create art 575 I got your first line Furman Paladin I never liked the name Paladin. I don't All know. Right, cut it, cut it. It's what you do with art. It's, it's a cooperative effort. Yeah. All right, you're going in on the first line, five syllables. See, I need a calculator. Um, I probably need this. Uh, my kid's got an abacus around here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Because um, if we if we take a minute to think about this, I feel like we can make it pretty damn good. I can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is just creative space right here. So we want to do some sort of South Carolina representation. Mm. And maybe in a broad experience, we completely skip Canada, but who cares? Yeah. They're a very insignificant country. <laughs> they were amazing, actually. And that's some of the best rugby I've ever played, oh, to be well, honest. We could, have, we could have used that part of the yeah. Well, we still could. All right. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about Canada. Uh, Canada was amazing. Um, actually, it was my, my last season before vet school, and I played a couple more seasons of vet school, but that was my last sort of um, big effort, and that was it was incredible. Living in Victoria, played for... Um, JBAA James Bay Athletic Club and their club is incredible and very storied a lot of amazing players there are a lot of cap Canadians um, the level of rugby in British Columbia is pretty damn spectacular and that was some of the best rugby I've ever played and I think you know in New Zealand it was amazing but I was still new and learning stuff and Played for the senior ones, and I played for the premieres in in Victoria uh, for James Bay, and yeah, it was just an unbelievable level of rugby. And there's, I don't know that there's been that many incredible players that I've been on a team with at, at a time for a season. 
Well, it's not confirmed, but it's pretty well known throughout the rugby community that they will be landing an MLR franchise for next year. So yeah. you can expect a lot of good talent. Every game was a was a tough game, and yeah, the guys I played with were just uh, just top notch all around. Our coach Pete Rushton was uh, an amazing coach, one of my my favorite coaches. All right, let's write this haiku. Okay, um, let me get my paintbrush. Um, Pain is for pleasure. The scars are for the ladies. Liquid painkillers. Don. First cut. He didn't even have to think about it. <laughs> uh, just a natural, I guess. I, I guess so. Well, that being said, Mr. Adam Drury, it's always a pleasure. You as well. Good to see you, man. And uh, yeah, stay strong. Anyone out there that's considering rugby at the moment will give it a shot because it's uh, a friendship and, and family like no other. Solid work. <laughs> First cut. He didn't even have to think about it. <laughs> well, it was a blessing in disguise. He didn't play soccer. Yeah, yeah. for so many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very difficult... Uh, question and a little unfair <laughs> and the stuff that he can just do in a game was just insane just insane his vision i mean he put me away for more tries than i uh, deserved that's for sure <laughs> god's watching no do you hear that do you hear that those six he can't say six Carolina. Correct. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those who don't know, he has a long what's like that? I would cherished isn't a good word either. He has a long uh it's just long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they tend to get a little fiery when they're around each other. <laughs> <laughs> They're a handful, but a lot of fun. That's a good question. Excellent question, sir. Thank you. Well put. <laughs> Are we ever going to be in Pool with Australia? I don't know. Because I have a long-term bet with Andrew Redfern. Yeah, that if we ever get it in the World Cup, we'll play. Do you know about this one? No. That we have a bet that if by the time... It's like a 30-year bet. Like, by the time that we're, I think, 68, 69 years old, that U.S., I'm betting that the U.S. will have beaten Australia in 15s. And he took that bet, and after the fact, he was like, hey, jackass, they hardly ever play. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. If we do do a Tier 1 team, it's the Six Nations. It's yeah. like a weak Six Nations. Team. Yeah. But the, we'll but, get him in pool play. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. No, fuck that. We'll get him in a quarterfinal. <laughs> there you know. go. There you go. That'd be we'll, amazing. In uh, France, 2023. Yeah. So the the benefit for me is that I have that many decades for them to get their shot. Yeah. Um, 
but the the winner of the bet gets flown to wherever the loser is in first class um, by the by the loser, and there will be a bottle of their finest uh, drop waiting for them when there they get there. So good. We well, we have the bet on record now. So it's official. Disputing it. It's official. There you go. Breakfast is never gonna be the same again. <laughs> subjective <laughs> yeah but not when you're doing it wrong pick them